the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hansy Joe has some explaining to do. Yeah, remember all the fuss that was made about a phone call that President Trump made to the president of Ukraine a while back? If I remember correctly, he was impeached uh, because of it. You may remember that. And in the phone call, President Trump um, mentioned that, you know, it might be a good idea to look into what Joe Biden and his son had been up to in Ukraine the previous few years. The media weren't all that interested in uh, Joe's uh, situation in Ukraine. Uh, and Joe said he didn't know anything about a quid pro quo, a quid pro quo to, uh, to get rid of the prosecutor that was causing his uh, son Hunter problems with Burisma. You remember the energy company that was paying Hunter like, I don't know, $80,000 a month, whatever it was, uh, for his no experience uh, running a gas company who just happened to be the son of the vice president, a, a uh, known-to-be corrupt energy company, Burisma. And then there was a video, remember the video of Joe bragging about telling the president that he wouldn't be getting, the president of Ukraine, that is, that he wouldn't be getting his billion-dollar loan if the, uh, if the prosecutor wasn't fired? Well, a tape has surfaced, and it's Joe talking to the president of Ukraine, and the president tells Joe that the prosecutor has resigned. But he also tells Joe that, he says, Joe, you know, even though the prosecutor did nothing wrong, I asked him to resign, and he did. So he says to Joe, even though he did nothing wrong, I told him to resign. Joe was Joe was happy with that. And the story was, of course, that this prosecutor was looking very much into what was going on with Burisma, and Joe Biden wanted to put an end to that. That's the, uh, that's the suspicion. So anyway, he was happy. So we'll play that tape for you after the break when we talk to Tracy Beans. She's an investigative reporter at UncoveredDC.com. We've had her on a couple of times. She really knows this stuff and has really been working hard on it and uh, dives deep into the uh, attempted coup by the FBI and intelligence agencies and the Obama administration and all that stuff. And she has some really good insight uh, into what all the new declassified information means, including some stuff with uh, um, Rice. And uh, and coming up in our second half hour, we, uh, we have some numbers that might blow your mind and show you how ridiculous it is for the government to be destroying the country over the Wuhan virus, the way it's been destroying and uh, torturing us all. Here's a little sampling from Pennsylvania that the numbers that uh, this guy came up with. Pennsylvania has more COVID-19 deaths over age 100 than under age 45. Did you get that? More people over the age of 100 in Pennsylvania have died from this virus than people under the age of 45. There are more deaths over age 95 than over uh, than under age 60. Get that again. There were more people have died from the virus who are over 95 years old than have died who are under 60. That's just insane. And there are more deaths of people over 85 than under 80. Get that one. More people over 85 have died than people under 80. Uh, that's in Pennsylvania, and there's amazing numbers from all over. But the schools were shut down two months ago. We'll talk to the guy who did the numbers uh, for that in our second half hour. But coming up, not a good day for Hansy Joe. Stick around. Well, we're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. This is John Stoggerwald with some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. 
and everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. We're Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. No one we grew up with could have dreamed of what we have been able to accomplish. Our mother was born in poverty to share comfort. She was living the American nightmare. So for us, the American dream meant not only the freedom to find love and follow our faith, Freedom meant not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we should vote for. In Uprising, we talk about the world we grew up in and what led us to rebel against that world. And how rebellion led us to speak out on politics and reach millions of viewers and how you can reach others too. You've seen us and you've heard us. Now read all about us in Uprising. Uprising by Diamond and Silk, coming August 18th. Pre-order at Amazon or wherever books are sold. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I was finishing undergrad and got credit cards because I couldn't work full-time. So that started the credit card journey for me. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. And then when I got married, we combined our credit card debt, and it became impossible to pay off on our own. At that point, I was like, I don't know where to turn. And then I found Trinity. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. I mean, in a matter of three years, we've already paid down $20,000 in credit card debt, which is huge. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can even be used in a carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's a disinfectant that kills viruses. It can be used on surfaces and floors by mixing one-third Genesis 950 with two-thirds water. Apply to surface and clean with fresh water. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, grease stains, wheels, tires, decreasing engines and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. Code SALEM. This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Now, it might be kind of a good thing for members of the Obama administration, maybe even for Obama himself, if the country is distracted by the stupidity uh, surrounding this pandemic. Uh, lots of new and interesting stuff has been coming about about uh, has been coming out about what was uh, going on with Michael Flynn and the entire Russia hoax. Tracy Beans of under, uh, UncoverDC.com has been all over this story from the beginning. She joins us now. Tracy, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Oh, good to be here. Thanks so much. So I was planning to talk to you just about your take on the new uh, revelations from declassified uh, emails from Susan Rice and other new developments with the Flynn case. Uh, But I have to ask you what you make of the tape of uh, Joe Biden and the president of Ukraine talking about the prosecutor that Joe wanted to get rid of. So I'll play it. It's two minutes long, this bite. And uh, I hope you're I hope you're able to understand the the Ukraine president. He has an accent, but uh, everybody he is basically telling Joe that he uh, asked the prosecutor to resign, even though he did nothing wrong. I think you'll be able to hear it. Let it go, Mike. The Situation Room. Hello, Hello. Joe Biden. Uh, 
Thank you, Mr. Vice President. Your call is reconvened. Petro, can you hear me? Yeah, now it's better. I can, I can hear you better, too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No um, you, you were saying, I didn't, I missed what you were saying. Yeah. So, first of all, I'm very happy to be here. Second, this is very valuable for me that you find out a time for me, even in Minnesota. And I'm dreaming some days to be with you in Minnesota. <laughs> That's easy, man. I tell you what, I'd like to be with you instead of Minnesota right now, but go ahead. <laughs> the third, I have uh, some positive and negative news. I'll start with the okay. positive news. Well, good. Joe, I have a second positive news for you. Yesterday, I met meet with the General Prosecutor Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. In, uh, as a, his uh, position as a state person, and despite of the fact that he has a support in the parliament. And as a finish of my meeting with him, he promised me to give me the statement on, on resignation. And one hour ago, he bring me the written uh, statement of his resignation. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. So, uh, Tracy, <laughs> that, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that seems to me like it should be a pretty big deal that that uh, tape has surfaced. I don't know <laughs> if it's been around before, but it, uh, I'm, it's the first time I've heard it. This is all brand new. As a matter of fact, there was a huge press conference that happened yesterday um, where all of this was unveiled. And I, uh, first, the first thing that struck me about that clip, which, which I actually also showcased on my Twitter feed, was that it, it, it's almost like he's putting on the record that the prosecutor was innocent of anything they were charging I, him with. You know, any, that's any what sort I was going to ask you. Charge. I thought the same thing as I was listening to it this time. That why is he making it so clear with the emphasis, yep. despite the fact that he did nothing wrong, we found no corruption. It's it's like he knew it was being recorded, right? And he wanted it on there. Well, he it seems it seems like yeah, it seems like the the recording was being done on the premises where he was. That he was mm -hmm. recording the call. He was on, you know, he had Biden on speakerphone, and he was in the room, and the call was being right. recorded in that way. Um, you know, this just lays bare the entire impeachment hoax. It was. It was something that I talked about and wrote about and reported on extensively, obviously, at the time, all the connections and everything. And throughout that press conference, I just shared one of the people in the prosecutor general's office. Um, his his last name is uh, his first name is Constantine. And I'll forget his last name. So don't don't quote me on it. But he, he came out and he did about 14 minutes where he went through how Marie Yovanovitch stopped their investigation and tried to hide the corruption. George Kent, one of the people that. Um, interviewed in front of the impeachment, you know, in, in the impeachment hearings was involved in stopping that stuff. Um, you, everything that the uh, John Solomon and Rudy Giuliani and the president's defense team said happened, absolutely happened. And we have proof of it now. It's really stunning. It really is. Now, the press conference was in Ukraine. Yes. So um, I didn't watch a lot of TV last night, but I, I, I didn't. I think I would have remembered if I had seen something this stunning. Is it? Has the have the Not media ignored it? Yes, completely, completely. And so this that's, is an investigation that's, that's been ongoing for. It is. It absolutely is. They have completely ignored this because it literally blows the entire impeachment sham to shreds. I mean, yep. everything they accused President Trump of doing, they were actually doing themselves. And it's, it's right there. John Kerry is even in, in some of these recordings. It's something else. It really is. So um, I, I, am I, I, should I be expecting to see this at least on Fox? Uh, um, I mean, 
this is I, I worked in you know I've worked in the media and and I worked in TV and that's something that you lead your newscast with and you tease the heck out of it and you make a big big deal out of it. Uh, it's um, it's great the television. Man is running, I know he's running for president, but Joe, yeah. Joe Joe Biden is running for president of the United States of America right now, and we've got these tapes coming out of an investigation in Ukraine. And, you know, nobody's talking about it except for, you know, folks on social media who are screaming. But that's the only way these things get attention anymore is when independent outlets like Uncover DC and other outlets on the on the right, it appears just the way it works out, pick up these stories and force them into the forefront. Look how long they ignored the Tara Reid story for. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're they're massaging that one away. Uh, that's and it's you know pretty much they they've succeeded in trashing her to the point that she's lost all credibility at least with with most people anyway. They're doing a pretty good job of that, uh, and they've and they've dismissed her pretty much. I mean on the left and uh, and all the non Fox media, uh, you know on on the national networks of they don't even talk about it anymore. Um, so yeah. that's. And so it's pretty obvious that uh, the prosecutor, Joe, uh, wanted to be fired. It didn't do anything wrong. And um, and the media should, I mean, there should be media descending upon Ukraine now to find out what exactly Hunter Biden was doing, why Joe wanted the prosecutor to leave Hunter alone. Uh, and, it, and, and you would think that at some point by now, Joe would have been asked about this video that popped up. Yeah, you'd think any reporter worth their salt has already dug through the story, and they've been summarily tarred and feathered by the propaganda-like legacy media. John Solomon, Chanel Ryan, who's now standing in White House press conferences, you know, and they're trying to kick her out of the press association. Any journalist that touches this, look what happened to Catherine Herridge last week when she revealed the unmasking. She was, you know, summarily attacked, and they attempted to destroy this upstanding I don't even know what Catherine Herridge's politics are, but she's she's a very middle of the road fact, just a facts ma'am type reporter. So anytime somebody uncovers something of this magnitude, the the machine comes after them. Yeah, I think somebody from the Biden campaign called her a right wing hack. Yes, for, for and just deleted for doing that tweet, a story. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we're talking to Tracy Bean. She's the uh, she's with UncoveredDC.com, and and you've been doing great work on this. Uh, well, the whole uh, deep state stuff and and Flynn story and and all of that. But so let's start about uh, let's start by talking about what's new and why is it why is what is new important? Susan Rice being, sure, I guess, the name that jumps out right now. Yeah, so Susan Rice, you know, wrote an email to herself a few weeks after the meeting that um, happened in the White House with Obama, Comey, Biden, um, Sally Yates from the DOJ, et cetera, where they talked about General Flynn and what was going on with him and how many calls he'd had with the Russian ambassador, um, all of which was, was rendered perfectly normal by, by Obama's State Department in a press conference just, just after it all hit the news. And she wrote this email, everything's being done by the book, and the rest of that email was declassified today. And, you know, what we kind of learned is that Susan Rice wasn't at that meeting, so I'm really not sure what she's trying to kind of, you know, clarify. Mm -hmm. But she was instructed, she came out and said today that she was instructed by White House counsel to construct that email. And, you know, after saying that the timestamps were wrong and all kinds of other stuff years ago, She's forced now to come out and kind of come clean about it. So this email was basically a CYA for people in the Obama administration to cover against any exposure that would come later. I don't know, maybe three years later where we're sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's damning because this is, you know, Obama was directly involved in what was going on with General Flynn. And General Flynn is a political prisoner right now. Yeah, and and uh, Susan Rice uh, has changed her story quite a bit on this stuff. First, she denied yeah. knowing anything about um, Flynn uh, and any investigation of Flynn, and now she's saying she wants the t- the uh, transcript or at least the tape of Flynn talking to the Russian ambassador released. This is an investigation she didn't know was going on. You know, this is this is the newest thing now. Is like let's release the call with 
with Sergei Kislyak. It, listen, if there was anything untoward that happened on that call, they had the transcript from the get-go. They would have gone after General Flynn in a different way than lying to investigators on what has turned out to be something completely immaterial to any case they could have possibly been running. So anybody who's excited to see this because they think it's going to implicate the Trump administration or General Flynn in some way has another thing coming. I don't know why they would want this transcript or this call out so badly other than to spin this in some other direction to try and say, well, look, you know, he was doing this or he was doing that. None of the things that he did were against any law, including the Logan Act. So it's, it's really a propaganda-like thing at this point. We're talking to Tracy Beans of UncoveredDC.com. What's the significance, Tracy, of the fact that Flynn appears to have been part of a criminal investigation that yielded no charges, by the way? But that, that, uh, that I, I, from your tweets last night, you seem very, um, very uh, energized by the fact that it's become obvious that it's a, it was a criminal investigation, and this is before he was unmasked. Yes, and so so there, the call with with uh, the ambassador was not um, requested to be. There was no unmasking request for that call, and so it had to have been gathered in some other way, right? So everybody's been trying to figure out exactly how. And you know, I've received some pushback on the theory, but I have some pretty solid evidence that they had a a, a criminal investigation of some kind ongoing into General Flynn in in 2016 and into 2017. And the first time that anybody at DOJ uh, recognizes it is in February of 2017. James Comey talks about it in March of 2017 under oath in, in closed-door hearings. Um, so what I'm contending is that um, a bunch of media, Politico, CNN, AP, etc., filed a lawsuit to get their hands on the search warrants in that case in regards to the calls with Kislyak. So I'm contending that that is probably how they received the information um, in, in, in that in that call, in that transcript, was because they had a warrant on his phone. Now, it's very, very difficult to get a Title III warrant on a suspect in a criminal case because you have to exhaust all kinds of other options first, and it's hard to get one. I, I, I don't think that it's past these people to have fabricated anything and everything to try and get a Title III warrant on General Flynn for a criminal purpose. Um, obviously, that he was exonerated of or it was never charged because we had no criminal charges in any investigation. So, so uh, um, we have about two minutes left, so, but what, what is the significance of the difference between a criminal investigation and an investigation and an, uh, a, uh, uh, an intelligence investigation? Well, why, is it, why is that important? Well, yeah. So counterintelligence, Counterintelligence investigations are, you know, they're different. They, they're not criminal in nature. They're exploratory and information gathering. Um, you know, if, if there's a criminal uh, act that comes of it, that's a different story. But criminal investigations are, they're governed by different rules. Um, how, you know, when, when a, a, an FBI agent or a police officer in the criminal division starts an investigation, there needs to be, there's different standards you need to um, you need to hit to be able to start one, to be able to continue one, and then ultimately you want it to end in some sort of an indictment for a, a crime. Counterintelligence mm-hmm. is very open-ended and wide-ranging. Wide you can really do anything you want under there. So it's much easier for people to do what they did under a counterintelligence investigation. I only have about 30 seconds left. Um, where's this going now? Uh, and I have a hard break, so I'm sorry to hold you to that limit. But No, that's what no I worries. No worries. Yeah, sure. So, so Sidney Powell filed a writ of mandamus, which means it'll be appealed to a higher court for them to decide whether or not the judge has the ability to do what he's doing right now and force somebody else to come in and adjudicate this case. And we just have to wait and see where that goes. Otherwise, we're going to keep getting information released and have to go from there. Hey, Tracy, always good to have you on. Uh, great stuff there at UncoveredDC.com. You've been all over this from the beginning. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Tracy Beans, UncoveredDC.com, and we will be right back. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRostra. The Supreme Court is temporarily preventing the House of Representatives from obtaining secret grand jury testimony from special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. Today's court order keeps previously undisclosed details from the investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 election 
out of the hands of Democratic lawmakers, at least until early summer. The court will decide then whether to extend its hold. President Trump is considering holding a meeting in the U.S. with leaders of the world's major economies after all. Mr. Trump had scheduled the G7 meeting for June at Camp David, but March in March he canceled the meeting because of the coronavirus pandemic and said leaders would confer by video conference instead. Vice President Mike Pence visiting Central Florida as the region's biggest tourist destination begins reopening today. This is SRN News. Migraines can attack anytime, anywhere. Now there's a new kind of pill you can take anytime, anywhere to treat them. Introducing Ubrelvi or Ubrojapant. Ubrelvi can provide relief from migraine pain and debilitating symptoms without worrying where you are or if it's too late. People took Ubrelvi within four hours of a migraine attack. One dose can quickly stop a migraine in its tracks within two hours, and many had pain relief in just one hour. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for migraine prevention. It is available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Few people had side effects. The most common were nausea, 2 to 4%, and tiredness, 2 to 3%. While normal routines have shifted, the need for migraine treatment remains the same. Contact your healthcare provider to see if Ubrelvi is right for you. Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn about support and resources at ubrelvi.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by Allergan. Dan Proft believes people just want to be heard. The pandemic is a story not only about our health, but also our humanity. And when you uh, compel the unification of opinion, you achieve only the unanimity of the graveyard, as Supreme Court Justice Robert Jackson famously observed. And you treat uh, people who've always played by the rules, who are operate in good faith, who are considerate as the enemy. The Dan Proft Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, they're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of their amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, MyPillow towels, roll-and-go anywhere pillows, duvet covers, Giza pillowcases, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Be sure to use promo code STAG. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with the global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. Got some jam-ups out there. William Penn Highway down to one lane with construction. You'll see really crawling along Vincent Hall Road up to the Parkway East. 20-minute delay looks like there. Now on the Parkway East inbound, that's a five-minute tie-up between Edgewood Swissvale and the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Upper St. Clair, got some water main repair shutting down McMillan Road between Woodland Circle and McLaughlin Run Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Partial clouds for tonight, low 48. Cloudy with a passing shower Thursday, high 68. Thursday night, cloudy with a bit of rain, late low 57. Friday, cloudy with showers and a thunderstorm, high 70. Friday night, low 59. Saturday, variable clouds, high 76. 
and a shower or thunderstorm Sunday, high 81. With the Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, as the government overreach and stupidity continues to uh, torture Americans everywhere, it's beginning to look, to me anyway, uh, like this is going to turn out to be one of the worst, or best, I guess, depending on how you look at it, uh, examples of a government screw-up in American history. The more you see the numbers, the more obvious it is that uh, uh, this is an old people problem. They're the ones who are dying, and I'm in that group that is in danger, by the way, so I'm not you know, sloughing it off. But uh, that's what's happening. That's who's dying. But the rest of the country is being overprotected. Phil Kirpin from the Committee to Unleash Prosperity tweeted some amazing numbers today, got my attention, and Phil joins us now. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Phil, before we get into the specifics, just in general, do you think you need to be a statistician uh, to get the message that the numbers that you tweeted today are sending, that it's, you know, who's... who's uh, Who's suffering the most from this, or almost the only people who are suffering? No, I think it's pretty obvious to anyone who looks at these numbers that we've responded in a totally irrational and hysterical fashion, uh, in particular closing the schools for something that is far less dangerous to children than the flu uh, Mm -hmm. makes absolutely zero sense, especially when we now have an enormous amount of evidence that children are not only not at risk themselves, but are not infectious, do not infect adults by and large, are more likely to be infected by their parents than by other children. Um, we have uh, a very small number in sort of prime working age population, and then we have these enormous numbers among uh, very old people, and particularly in the care homes. Uh, and Pennsylvania is probably the uh, worst nursing home and assisted living meltdown in the entire country. Uh, you have systematically uh, had the worst possible policy decisions uh, by your governor and your uh, health director who um, actually, you know, in, in New York at least, you could say Cuomo did something horrible when he sent sick, sick people into the nursing homes which weren't equipped to isolate them, but at least he was dealing with full hospitals when he did that. In Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you were basically doing the same thing with empty hospitals, with empty hospitals on the prospect of a wave coming in the future that never really a- arrived you pursued a policy of telling nursing homes with sick people that they couldn't properly care for or isolate, that they could not be transferred to the hospital and had to stay in the nursing homes, and that's why you've had uh, the worst spread uh, in nursing homes, really, of of any state in the country, and that's reflected in the age stratification uh, of the mortality there in Pennsylvania. And the the number that I put out that caught a lot of people's attention, you know, it's interesting because most states only give us an age breakdown where the the top of the chart is 80-plus, Mm-hmm. But Pennsylvania, in the weekly report, gave us one that goes all the way up to 100 plus, and that allowed us to learn that there are more people who have died of COVID in the state of Pennsylvania who are over the age of 100 than under the age of 45. Yeah, I saw that. That's the numbers that caught me, because first of all, it was Pennsylvania, um, which is where we are. So, uh, But more people over 100 have died than people under 45, and more. you also had more deaths over 95 than under 60. That's, uh, that's stunning also. I mean, 95 is yeah. pretty old. You know, there, there aren't a lot of 95-year-old people around. It's still, it's, you know, people live longer these days, but 95 is still pretty damn old. <laughs> and more people that age, over that age, are dying than people under 60. Right. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I can't say for sure whether you're more tilted to the very old in Pennsylvania than other places or not, because no place else is giving us that breakout. They're only giving us 80 plus. So it might just be that you've given us a little bit more transparency, but the other places are pretty similar. But, uh, you know, if you look at some of the sort of the other states that, you know, it's really all in the Northeast where we have these enormous numbers of deaths, you see a lot of sort of very similar trends. And so, for instance, uh, you look at Massachusetts, and they've got, uh, you know, 3,700 of their deaths are over the age of 80. Uh, so they're up, you know, uh, they're up more than half over the age of 80 of their total death mm-hmm. count. Uh, 62% of their total deaths in Massachusetts are over the age of 80, and they only had 800 deaths 
uh, under the age of 70. So only about 14%, 15% of their deaths were under the age of 70 in Massachusetts. You could say that there were four times as many deaths over 80 as under 70 in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, Connecticut, similar story. Uh, they've got about 60% of their deaths above the age of 80 and uh, about 18% under 70. You could say that nine times as many uh, deaths in Connecticut over the age of 80 as under 60. Uh, that's nine times. Uh, that's a pretty big number. So, you know, we don't have the over 90 or 95 there, but you could kind of figure it's probably the same as Pennsylvania. They just yeah, didn't give us Yeah, Phil, you almost data. have to report that, uh, repeat that, I mean, because um, it's so amazing. Nine times as many, this is in Connecticut, nine yeah. times as many people over 80 as under 60. Nine times. That's right. And they have it's, a very similar care home problem to yours. I mean, I think, you know, they, they're actually – Connecticut only reports weekly on their uh, long-term care uh, statistics, and they report on Thursday, so we'll get a new report tomorrow. But uh, they're sort of neck and neck with you for uh, the, the worst. They've been up around two-thirds of their total fatalities also like Pennsylvania. I mean, it's a shame because we're talking about people who died. I mean, you know, these are just numbers, but they're also, you know, people who are no longer on the planet. Um, uh, only uh, here we have uh, another one, uh, Michigan. Uh, the the w- number that jumps out at me here is that uh, Michigan uh, COVID deaths over 80 as uh, eight times as many Michigan COVID deaths over 80 as under 40. Eight. Right. That, what it means is that there's almost nobody under 40. That's what you're saying. That's what yeah. the numbers. Well, and, but, and Michigan and Michigan is actually one of the states that does have uh, uh, more sort of. Uh, deaths in that sort of 60 to 70 range than a lot of other states. Uh, you know, they're at 42% uh, over 80. A lot of states have more than 50% uh, over 80. And so uh, Michigan's not quite as extreme as a lot of these other places. And, you know, we need to look and learn uh, some of what went on there for that. But even in a place like that, uh, you can still observe uh, what you just said, with eight times as many over 80 as under 40. So it's still very, very few. I think in Michigan it's about it's less than 5% of their total deaths uh, are under age 50 and, and less than uh, you know 2% are under age 40, something like that. So even in the states that you might see in the news and in the headlines, you know, they're you know they have younger people, or you know, by and large, uh, you know, there there are handfuls, and it's tragic. Of, of mm-hmm. people in, in younger age brackets, but really, uh, they're they're very very few. And uh, even California, that you have a breakdown here that sixty five percent of the people who have died there, uh, or sixty five plus, I should say, seventy nine percent of those, and zero um, percent. So they didn't give us 17. much of a breakdown there. Yeah, they didn't give us a very much of a breakdown in California, but they are at zero percent for under seventeen. That's pretty common. You look at a lot of these states. Uh, you know, Pennsylvania didn't give us the exact number uh, under age 20, but they did say it's 0%. I think it might be actually zero people. I'm not sure. But you look at some of these other states, uh, and, you know, Massachusetts has had zero deaths under the age of 20. Connecticut has had two deaths under the age of 20. You look in the national statistics from the CDC, and they actually just updated these uh, just uh, maybe half an hour ago, so I do need to do a new chart of these. But the national statistics from the CDC are still at... 12 pediatric deaths, and I think they have underage 15 is the way the CDC does that. So there are 12 pediatric deaths from this in the entire country, and just for point of comparison, we're at 174 pediatric flu deaths this season. And so among the children, we're at a, you know, it's more, there are more than 10 times as many flu deaths as there are COVID deaths among children in this country this year. And it was a relatively mild flu season at the 174. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple of years ago in 2017, 2018, we had over 400 pediatric flu deaths, and the only schools we closed were the ones that had an actual outbreak in the school. We didn't close all the schools in the country. Uh, well, you know, I've talked about it here ad nauseum. There, there are counties here in Pennsylvania. I always point to Warren County, which is uh, the northern the top of the state. Um, they had one case of the coronavirus, uh, and I talked about that for a few weeks, and the last time I looked a couple of days ago, they had two. So um, they are they were until... Uh, they were changed to yellow from uh, red. They were um, doing the same things we're doing here, and I'm I'm in Washington County, which is just about 20 miles outside of Pittsburgh. Um, is, where yeah, is the governor still trying down. to keep Beaver locked up? Has the Pardon governor me? backed off on his Beaver? Has the governor backed off on uh, trying to make Beaver County red? 
What's the latest? Uh, I, I don't know what the latest is on Beaver County. That, not red. I think I, I, I think they've moved to yellow, but uh, they, yeah, that was all about a nursing home out. there. I looked at that. It's all in a nursing home. Yeah, it's one nursing mm-hmm. home. It's basically yeah. the entirety of their outbreak, and then the governor tries to like penalize the rest of the people of the county. I find that so astonishing. So uh, we're talking to uh, Phil Kirpin of Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Where else can you be found, uh, Phil? Uh, committee to unleash prosperity.com and we also have a, a free daily newsletter that you can sign up it has sort of all of our facts and figures on this kind of stuff uh, and then I, I also put a lot of stuff on my Twitter which is just my last name Kerpen K-E-R-P-E-N K-E-R-P-E-N okay now what have you found out about uh, lockdowns how many lives have been saved by the torture we're being put through with those um, Probably zero. It may have killed more people than it saved, but it probably had no effect. I mean, the interesting thing is you look, there have been a lot of studies now. There's actually a very interesting one from the uh, Woods Hole Institute in Massachusetts, of all places, uh, Oceanic Institute. But there's been a lot of mathematical analysis of this now. And uh, basically, the this disease rises and falls in a pretty classic epidemic curve. Uh, it doesn't appear that lockdowns have too much effect on that. And recently, uh, Governor Cuomo in New York did a survey of hospitalized patients and uh, found that 66% of hospitalized patients in New York said they were sheltering at home at the time that they contracted the disease. And so I think it's hard to reach the conclusions. The, the conclusion that the lockdown has actually been very effective. I think that uh, it, it will probably, and there's a lot we still don't know, but it will probably turn out that uh, geography, weather, and climate uh, has a big impact on this, which is why countries have had different outcomes, uh, as well as things like vitamin D deficiency and other factors. Uh, But it doesn't look like, from what I've seen, the lockdowns have had much, if any, impact on on the decay rates that we were seeing before they took place. And both in Europe and the United States, uh, most lockdowns came post-peak, and so the, the infections were already declining, and sort of the, the lockdowns came in response to seeing the deaths, uh, but, but really too late to make much of a policy difference, if any. So that's an interesting point, the, that the lockdowns uh, came in response to deaths, but I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty confident that when this is over, the government officials, both parties, are going to tell us that it would have been much, much worse if, if yeah. we hadn't well, been never, tortured for two they months. They will never admit that they made a mistake, never, no matter what. But you yeah. know what? If, as long as they exit from this and we get back to normal, I don't mind too much. Let them say whatever they need to say, but let's get it done sooner rather than later. You're not buying it, though. I am not, no. <laughs> well, I've just seen very little evidence. It's like they want us to prove that it didn't yeah. work. It's like you just imposed a policy that cost trillions and trillions of dollars, upended, you know, 30, 40 million lives by destroying their jobs, destroyed all these videos, and you want us to prove it didn't work? I mean, they should have to prove it does work. I've seen very little yeah. Uh, the the doctor who was uh, taken off of uh, Witkowski, I think his name is. Did you see his? He was taken off of YouTube. Yeah, he was banned. He was too hot for YouTube. Yeah, I yeah that. that's that's exactly what what he said. What you just said, uh, you know that that uh, that the the lockdowns just they they were just a waste of time. And he, well, he was. I actually he, worry they may have made things worse in that you know if you. No, he said that too. If you sort of stall and delay how long it takes to go through the general population, that makes it much, much harder to shield the nursing homes and other places where you have vulnerable people because instead of shielding them for a relatively short period of time while it passes through the population of, you know, three or four weeks, now you've got to shield them for three or four months instead, and you just can't. It gets in there. And so it's, uh, that it, in, in some respects, I think the lockdowns may make it harder to shield the truly vulnerable. Yeah, and, and um, you you mentioned that the, uh, the the pediatric deaths from the seasonal flu. How are the numbers overall for the Wuhan virus comparing to seasonal flu at this point? Uh, they're much much worse for those older age brackets than the flu. Much worse, like not even close. Uh, and so this is a very very nasty. Uh, it's a very nasty disease uh, for people who are old and sick and frail and vulnerable to mm-hmm. it. And our all of our focus should have been on protecting and shielding those people. Instead, we, we did almost the exact opposite in way too many cases, and uh, most tra- most tragically right there in your state. Yeah, that's, that's the story, I think, when uh, I've been saying, and uh, see what your take is on it, I, I, I've been saying that the, when, when this is over, it's going to be, the story is going to be who overreacted the most and um, I don't think anybody's going to. I don't think there's going to be much disagreement among the general 
people, the general population, that it was an overreaction. And there's going to be an unbelievable amount of finger pointing when it's all done about who's who was the uh, and who was responsible for the overreaction. Well, I think it became sort of a um, an epidemic of panic. I think it became, you know, I mean, the problem was that the initial the initial outbreak was in China, and nobody trusts or believes anything that they say. And then uh, it went undetected in Europe for months before they had just this mass flood of patients into those hospitals in Lombardy, Italy. And it was so large that uh, because we didn't know it had been spreading undetected for a long time, we thought that it could happen that quickly uh, in other places as it spread. And you know, that's why Europe reacted the way it did. And, and then, of course, that infamous Imperial College model, uh, which said there would be millions of deaths in the U.S. and half a million in the U.K., I think that really rattled uh, both the U.K. and the U.S. into sort of making an about-face and following uh, Europe into those lockdowns. Yeah, and there, there aren't a lot of people riding subways up in Warren County. You know, there are not, not a lot of people up there piling into mass transit. Well, that's you know? the other thing that's so crazy. They, didn't, they never shut the subways through the entire thing while they're, like, lecturing the rest of the country about doing normal outside things where there's almost no risk right. of transmission. They're, like, you know, they're riding the subway, like, pounding out tweets from their subway car full of virus complaining about the rest of us. Yeah, well, it's you know it's not over yet. I hope we're getting closer, Phil. I appreciate you being on. Thanks a lot. All right, have a good one. Okay, you too. That's Phil Kirpin. You can find him at uh, his uh, per, uh, Twitter feed at Phil Kirpin and uh, Unleash Prosperity, the committee to unleash prosperity. We'll be right back. Worried about deductibles and copays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stoggerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. Let's welcome Jeremy Kemp. Hope comes home with I Still Believe. You can download it now at WatchSalemMedia.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes the uplifting true life story of Christian music megastar Jeremy Camp. I'm supposed to be with her. I can't explain it. I just know that. Jeremy's hope and faith are put to the test when tragedy strikes. You're going to be healed. What if I'm not supposed to be healed? Don't say that. I Still Believe is an incredible story of musical stardom, the heights of love, the depths of loss, and the healing power of the human spirit. One love can change your life. You chose willingly to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. Witness the true story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss that looks to prove there is always hope. Starring K.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, Gary Sinise, and Shania Twain. Own I Still Believe on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital now from Lion. At WatchSalemMedia.com. That's WatchSalemMedia.com. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorkehe inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at SebGorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit sebgorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A dot com. Go ahead, Amy. I'm listening. Where can I find some hand sanitizer and toilet paper? Did you hear me? Sorry, Amy. (laughs) 
I'm a bit under the weather these days. How can that be? I've been practicing my social distancing. Are you kidding? There's no way I can keep six feet away from you. Whatever your hands touch ends up growing all over me. That makes sense. Keeping my phone clean is just as important as washing my hands. Will you please do me a favor and finally get me a phone soap? Without one, I'm afraid it's only a matter of time before I get you sick, too. Phone soap is the clinically proven and EPA certified way to clean your phone, watches, and whatever else fits inside. In 10 minutes or less, phone soap cleans using UV light so it won't damage your screen like liquids or chemicals. Phone soap safely kills 99.99% of all germs and bacteria, including the cold and flu virus. It's trusted and used by healthcare professionals everywhere. Demand for phone soap is at an all-time high. Go to phonesoap.com and use the code GERMS to secure a spot on our pre-order list and receive free shipping. Go to phonesoap.com. Phonesoap.com. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we uh, have a couple minutes left here, and uh, I don't know how many ways you can say it. How many? Uh, how? Uh, how much? How much more obvious it can be? Uh, what's going on here with the Wuhan virus? I'm not a doctor. I'm not even all that good in math. I'm not a statistician. But when you see the numbers, and you see what uh, is being done to people's lives, people's businesses, uh, which then affects their lives. Uh, it's when this is over. It's there's going to be a lot of explaining to be done by the government. And as our last guest, Phil Kirpin, said, there's no way anybody is going to accept any blame for overreacting. What you're going to be told is if you, they hadn't done this, then we all would be dead. Well, you know, Governor DeSantis of Florida had a meeting with the media today, and he went off. Uh, he said uh, that when when you know they they opened up before before. Uh, everybody else and he said uh he said you guys have waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how bad florida would look you got a lot of people in your profession who wax poetically for weeks about how florida was going to be just like new york our data is available our data is transparent in fact dr burks has talked multiple times about how florida has the absolute best data so any insinuation otherwise is just typical partisan narrative trying to be spun this is Florida, where they opened up and they're on the beaches, and and uh, and nobody, there aren't, haven't been any reports of mass deaths, and the numbers are no different from anywhere else. They're open, and people are being treated like regular human beings. It's got to stop soon. How long? How much longer can they do this to us? I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.